Welcome to the St. Michael Fall podcast series. My name is Mary Lessman, and I will be leading our meditation today. Our theme this fall is Gifted, identifying, developing, and practicing the gifts that God has given us. May we offer our gifts joyfully for the sake of the church and the world. The love of God has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit that has been given to us. A reading from Paul's first letter to the Corinthians, chapter 8, verses 1 to 13. Now concerning food sacrificed to idols, we know that all of us possess knowledge. Knowledge puffs up, but love builds up. Anyone who claims to know something does not yet have the necessary knowledge, but anyone who loves God is known by him. Hence, as to the eating of food offered to idols, We know that no idol in the world really exists, and that there is no God but one. Indeed, even though there may be so-called gods in heaven or on earth, as in fact there are many gods and many lords, yet for us there is one God, the Father, from whom are all things and for whom we exist, and one Lord, Jesus Christ, through whom all things and through whom we exist. It is not everyone, however, who has this knowledge. Since some have become so accustomed to idols until now, they still think of the food they eat as food offered to an idol, and their conscience, being weak, is defiled. Food will not bring us close to God. We are no worse off if we do not eat, and no better off if we do. But take care that this liberty of yours does not somehow become a stumbling block to the weak. For if others see you, who possess knowledge, eating in the temple of an idol, might they not, since their conscience is weak, be encouraged to the point of eating food sacrificed to idols? So by your knowledge, those weak believers from whom Christ died are destroyed. But when you thus sin against members of your family and wound their conscience when it is weak, you sin against Christ. Therefore, if food is a cause of their falling, I will never eat meat, so that I may not cause one of them to fall. Here ends the reading. Today, we find ourselves in the eighth chapter of Paul's first letter to the Corinthians. And our topic of congregational conflict for the day is eating meat that has been part of sacrifice to idols. It's generally held that the church in Corinth had a group of wealthy, well-educated, some might say sophisticated members who understood that there is one true God. And so there was nothing harmful in eating meat that had been used in a sacrifice to a non-existent idol. And it was common for those who could afford it to consume this meat as the sacrificial excess was sold in markets and used for celebratory meals. However, there were those in the congregation for whom eating meat that had been offered to idols threatened their faith by drawing them back into the idolatrous culture from which they had only recently been converted. While Paul might agree with the elites that the consumption of this meat is indifferent to our relationship with God, he shifts the focus from a theological argument to a matter of ethics and relationship. In making his case, Paul speaks to both the freedom that we have in Christ and how true knowledge of God and his ways manifests in love of one another. 
Freedom is quite the front and center concept these days, at least in our national discourse. We have strong opinions about our freedom to bear arms unencumbered by regulations. We have strong opinions about our freedom to choose not to receive a COVID-19 vaccine shot. And we have strong opinions about our freedom to gather in public spaces mask-free. This passionate defense of individual freedom can become problematic when we fail to differentiate between societal freedom and Christian freedom. For Paul, Christian freedom is not the right to choose to do as one wishes. It is not simply a lack of restrictions or the negation of laws or requirements. Christian freedom is grounded in love, in God's love for us in Jesus Christ. In essence, the Christian finds freedom in obedience to Christ and His body, such that we become responsible for one another. We choose to self-limit our personal freedom for the sake of the community and its weaker members. Just as God chooses out of love to self-limit when He gives us free will, so our willingness to self-limit for the welfare of others reveals Christ's love in us. In light of Christ's great sacrifice for us, Paul argues, how can we grumble with making smaller sacrifices for the health of the church? But Paul brings up another point that I think might be even harder for us to live into. He posits that those who think they know God, know the faith, actually sin against God when they use that knowledge to secure their superiority instead of building up the community. If we're honest, we'll admit that we can become arrogant and dismissive of those whose beliefs we find to be underdeveloped or shallow. We engage them in debate, attempting to point out the fallacy in their thinking. Or we avoid them, not having the patience to suffer them with grace. Paul is calling us to see that we are to treat such persons with respect, even if we disagree. Our harsh or dismissive rejoinders might actually work to impede the life of faith to which another is called. We want to be agents of others' growing discernment of God, not impediments. And so we are called above all else, above good theology and strong debate skills, to allow love for others to guide our words and responses. Paul's point is that if you find that you are unable or unwilling to do this, that knowledge of God of which you are so proud and secure is woefully incomplete. In essence, to the extent that we cannot engage those whom we perceive to have immature faith in love and forbearance, we show our lack of the knowledge of God. For to truly know God is to live in love with all not to presume a superior understanding of God. Eating meat sacrificed to idols might not be much of an issue for us 21st century Christians, but this word from Paul is as relevant to us today as it was to his original audience in Corinth. Our understanding of God is to be shaped by the life of the community, even unto forbearance of one another. We are to live in sacrificial love of others, 
even those whose theological positions we find lacking, such that we are a witness to the sacrificial love God has shown us. Amen. Please join me as we continue with the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Almighty God, whose loving hand has given us all that we possess, grant us grace that we may honor you with our substance and remembering the account which we must one day give, may be faithful stewards of your bounty. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen.